Yeah, yeah, again, shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, and then the ancillary uh, fart, turd, and twat. <laughs> Incoming transmission. You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. A stranger can mean danger. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. You could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your safety belt. Pork chop sandwiches. All right, so let's get this intro out of the way. Don't know really how, how to get started, but so I'll just get started. Hey, guys. Welcome to the PBMJ Heroclix PSA. Uh, we have myself and my co-host, uh, Josafa. Say hello, Josafa. Hey, everybody. Paul wasn't able to make it tonight. He hates everybody. And so tonight with us, we have three special guests uh, to make up for Paul uh, as best as they can. Uh, we have the Queen of the North, uh, Emily Rowett. Uh, say hi, Emily. Uh, hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, Emily, uh, can you uh, share with us uh, uh, anything that you'd like to share with us? Uh, any plugs that you'd like to share? Any uh, upcoming uh, plans uh, for the future uh, that you uh, are planning? Well, my plans for the future is to go to Worlds, so hopefully I will see a whole bunch of you there. Um, and for, as for plugs, I have a blog, and it's at uh, withemily.ca, and my most recent blog post that went up is my tournament report of winning Canadian Nationals last weekend. Uh, congratulations. I, I posted it in pretty much every group. You should be able to find it. Which is really good, by the way. Congrats on that. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Emily. Uh, we'll go in alphabetical order here. Uh, Jay, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, can you uh, say hello and uh, plug everything that you'd like to plug that someone else might not already plug? I, I, I choose to say hello because I choose to, not because you asked me to. Sure. Uh, I mean, I haven't published an episode of my podcast in a while. So, well, it's still good content. I I like listening to your old episodes. Yeah, I just have a very bad depression, and it's uh, uh, that I've been dealing with, so it's been hard to do things. That's very so, understandable. Just which is uh, why I, I told uh, Devin I wanted him to start editing, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to run my charity event uh, soon, sooner than later, so I don't know, keep an eye out for JSA Clicks uh, charity event stuff. All right. Uh, and also yeah. read Emily's uh, Emily's blog. <laughs> yes, and uh, also also most importantly, I've saved the best for last. Okay. I didn't forget. I <laughs> am legally contractually obligated to ask if everybody has heard of ClipsNexus.com. Yes, uh, I uh, have. What's that? Oh, oh uh, speaking of, uh, uh, we have Joe Pink or Joe Pengrazia, or as uh, I like to call him as uh, someone who doesn't know how to pronounce his name, Joe Pancreas. Uh, Joe Pancreasia, thank you for coming onto the show. Thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. That's uh, rarer than you think. <laughs> uh, it's, well, uh, I, I, get, I get the feeling there, man. My name is mispronounced like on a daily basis. <laughs> when I was younger, that's I, how we could always tell telemarketers. They'd be like, can I speak to Miss... Uh, Pangrizio? It's like, that's not the letters that are in my proper name. That's that's wrong. Yeah, click. No, uh, it's the same with my last name. Uh, can I, I talk to Mr. Grales? Uh, can I talk to Boyles? I'm like, uh, click, bye. 
<laughs> yeah, for me, it's like because it's like my last name is Jesus. So then then everybody just calls me Jesus. And then everybody assumes I speak Spanish. So every call I get, they just start in Spanish. I'm like, why is this person talking to me in Spanish? That's got to <laughs> suck. It's like, somebody just... <laughs> so it's like, if you do this, there's like some weird lady speaking in Spanish. I'm like, oh, God. I just clicked. You should learn German. And when they start speaking Spanish, just start speaking German back to them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just off the speckens of Deutsch. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, uh, do you have anything you'd like to play? Any events that are coming up that you'd like to share? No, not at all. Nothing. Nothing. Not, not, not a little bit. All right, cool. Then we could just move on. <laughs> uh, no, I know you got one thing that uh, you should play again. One upcoming event uh, that I know you are get, trying to share with the masses. Can you please uh, go into that a little bit for us? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, August 13th in beautiful Canandaigua, New York. Uh, the Clicks Nexus Hero Clicks 20th Anniversary Tilt. The only 20th anniversary tournament happening all year still, as far as I know. <laughs> uh, there's actually been some people ch reaching out, so it should be a fun time. We got a lot of prizing. Going to have a lot of fun stuff. So uh, it'll be Silver Age, too. So if you want to try out some different Silver Age stuff, Ooh. check it out. You still got some time. The deadline to sign up, because I have a venue with limited spacing, is July 30th. So if you have any questions, get a hold of me before then. I'm you can find ClicksNexus on Facebook, ClicksNexus.com, Clicks Joe Pank on Instagram, I, whatever, wherever. Uh, do you have a Snapchat for ClicksNexus? No. Because, no, that's a dangerous path that I do not want to go down. Oh, uh, but what you, you have uh, OnlyFans too, though, right? Yes, I do. Joe's Sexy Barbecue. If you really want to go, I just made a post today about my delicious... I. It's been a joke from the beginning, but now I'm really leaning into the joke. I got a delicious lime Dole Whip cone, and I made a post all about it. So you can go to OnlyFans.com slash Joe Pank for Joe Pank's Sexy Barbecue. All right. Uh, I'm very glad I asked about that and remembered that. I thought I blacked it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just realized I didn't put you guys sorry, in. Sorry I, just, sorry, I just, hold on. I actually forgot that, uh, I mean, I don't know if it counts as a plug, but, like, the fact that UK Nationals is actually a thing that's happening. Oh, yeah. Everybody might know. I've been trying to promote it as much as I can. Uh, I will be judging. Uh, I will be uh, the only judge, so please have mercy on me as I do my best. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be in Manchester on the last Saturday of July. Is, the, is that the 30th? Yes. Uh, Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's on Facebook. If you go to the JSA Clicks group, you can find the event there. Uh, it's uh, no qualifiers. It's just a one-day event and uh, Battle Royales on the Friday as well. Um, so I, I mean, if the fact that I'm judging means you don't want to go, I understand, but, uh, I'm jealous of the people <laughs> that are going to be attending. I'm also jealous of you and I'm super happy for you because that sounds like a lot of fun. A lot of fun for sure, man. Right, have you yeah, polished been, up on uh, your British English? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I've been uh, definitely making sure that I'm incorporating as much British slang as possible. There you sure. go. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah, uh, I've been if, uh, my really stupid talking accent. If someone so. uh, is uh, taking too long, you're supposed to say pip-pip. Oh, what? No. <laughs> uh, pip-pip. 
just like move it along now. Pip pip. Oh, okay. I thought you had literally. Yeah, if somebody, if somebody's turn goes past eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, pip pip. <laughs> uh, you can quote me on that. Okay, so uh, let me get into the growth segment part of the show. You still figuring out the format for the show for you listeners out there? Uh, also, I want to thank everybody again for coming into the show. I'm super happy all of you are here. Uh, all three of you are some of my favorite people to uh, talk to you and uh, see what y'all are doing within the community. Uh, and you know, Joseph, too, who's also a favorite. That's why he's my co-host. <laughs> Joseph is this guy. He's all right. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's only smarter, clever, more handsome. Funny. He's, uh, he's only like one of the top. And you divide all that by, by like a million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Joe. You're like only in my undefined top five, not like definitive number one. Sorry. Okay. I, hey, I'll 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 take what I get. Just to be there is already a pleasure, buddy. Thank you for for the consideration. <laughs> I wonder if I made the bottom five. <laughs> Actually, do I even have top five off the top of my head? I might. I don't know. That's a topic uh, for another show, I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, moving along. Remembers, but... Does anybody, sorry, does anybody remember when uh, Will Gordon used to do the power ranking articles? Uh, he uh, used before, to do it like, before Rock Cup, I thought, or Worlds. Oh, those are fun. Or whatever. It was, I don't know, whatever it was. But those are fun. I, uh, that. I do miss that. Uh, although I felt like some of it was a little biased. You know what my favorite part of uh, if that article was happening right now? You know what my favorite part of that would be? That's a, that Emily would have, would definitely be on it. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part is when he doesn't put Paris in the, the top ten. <laughs> and my favorite part is actually when he just doesn't do his research and he just like completely like left Devin off after my nats. And he's just like, well, I didn't know if he was going. And he just like didn't think to check. So he just Oh, that was great. Uh also I, I liked it when he was like, I haven't heard anything about him uh, since last year, but he's still pretty good, I'm sure. Uh, so he's in my top ten as well. <laughs> I uh I, I miss Will. Uh he is one of the nicest guys in the other clicks. Uh and uh Really wish some of that would have dropped off in Paris. Paris Oscar. Oh. So. Hey, I'm really angry that you got the first dig in against Paris because I've <laughs> I've hated Paris for a while. I think I've hated Paris longer than you have. Well, I so. never hated Paris. Uh, I just uh, I would uh, we would troll each other. That's what he did as a kid. Just well, how long have you known him now? Like how long have you really known him? Technically, I've known of him since like 2014, I think. 2013. Okay, because I've known him since like before he was like a big deal. He was a punk. Uh, I I didn't do I didn't start competitive until like 2015. Uh, and uh, I think he won nationals in 2016. Is that right? No, he never won nationals. He won worlds in 2015. 2015. Yeah. So I knew him before, right like right before then, uh, because you know he lived in Texas and he would. You know, place or win or do really well, and uh, the local Texas scene. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so uh, the premise of the show, listeners, uh, is to go over the off the map stuff or outside the game uh, growth insight, whatever you want to call it. I'm still trying to figure that part out, but we are here to talk about the stuff that uh, nobody else is really talking about. 
Uh, we were talking about uh, how to improve your game, not necessarily by practicing or studying, but uh, more about stuff like the topic we're talking we're going to talk about today, and that is uh, losing. Uh, I want to go over why you are a loser. <laughs> uh, it sounds bad, uh, but I I did that to just uh, catch your attention and catch your thought. Uh, one of us, uh, I, I mean, one of us literally went undefeated and won a nationals. So I don't know that we're all losers here. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, <it's> a... <clears throat> but if you want to think about the qualifier the day before, where I went one and two, I yeah, okay, but, but okay, but the week before <laughs> Devin won nationals, he placed last at the WKO. It doesn't yeah. matter. Exactly. Well, that uh, it kind of goes to my point uh, is that. Uh, in this game, we will all eventually lose. Uh, lose one game, lose a tournament, or lose in the finals, or get last place in our WKO. There can be only one winner in a game, and one winner in a tournament overall. Uh, it's not to be a downer, uh, but uh, I, want, I want a lot of us to be okay with uh, those negative feelings that come with losing, or making mistakes, or someone playing better than you, or is luckier than you. It's okay to, you know, get mad or frustrated or sad or shitty, or feel like it's you against everybody else. Uh, it's it's natural, uh, but to ignore those feelings can lead to long-term issues that, you know, build up into you throwing your dice or cussing up the storm or being an asshole to the players. Continuing this over time can make you dysfunctional. And the fact those around you, how they see you or behave around you. Uh, so why do you get mad when you make a mistake? Why do you feel like crap when you lose? Uh, I think it's important to look at your values and consider if they are good or bad. Generally speaking, the internal factors we can control are good, and the external ones uh, are outside of our control are not good. Do you want to be popular and adored? Do you want to be the best player over a particular person or everyone in general? Do you want to be acknowledged for your team building or game skills? Do you show humility in games? Uh, is it important for you to always win? Are you curious about others' experience in the game or outside of it? By, by questioning your values and then prioritizing what is important to you, I think it helps. Uh, it will help you uh, to be okay with being a loser. Uh, the whole point of this is to deal with those down moments in a, in a healthy way because Eventually, you will make a mistake, you will uh, lose a game, and you will get frustrated and get mad about it. Uh, in the end, it is a game, and I think it's more fun for you and for others you spend time with if you can take this pressure off to succeed and win and win and win. For me personally, uh, this comes from a lot of experience, a lot of time, and a lot of thought inside my own head, uh, what matters to me. Uh, 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 a while ago, it meant a lot to me that people saw my creativity, that uh, that I don't make mistakes in a game uh, by placing the right square, counting uh, the uh, right amount of clicks of damage, or also not wasting my time, others' time, but not doing well in tournament. People, uh, myself included, are often chasing that high of winning a game or doing well in a tournament and trying to continue to chase after that. Um, uh, it's, uh, other things that were, uh, uh, that I placed bad values on was, uh, 
people didn't acknowledge me uh, enough, or they didn't think my team was good enough, and no, or just dismiss it outright just because I went uh, one and two, two and three, and didn't make top cut, or I just barely made top cut, and, and others would say, of course you didn't make top cut. Uh, look what, look at what you look at what you played. Uh, a lot of these values of uh, trying to uh, get other people's approval uh, or out of my hands and toxic to how I approach the game and for myself. So why does it matter uh, for you to win against that player? Why is it important for you to be acknowledged? Uh, why do you get angry when others make a mistake? And why do you want others to see you as the best? Uh, it's, it's interesting that the best players that uh, we bestow onto others uh, don't have to say they're the best. Uh, the most acknowledged players don't have to ask others to look at them. By trying so hard to chase these goals, it can put so much pressure on you and make it feel more unattainable. In reality, these goals happen as a byproduct of success and not the intended goal uh, of these players that you often try to compare yourself to. Uh, so, uh, uh, this part of the show I would really like to get into with uh, everybody else here. Uh, if you ever had those toxic values or these bad values, and uh, what were they? And were you, have you been able to overcome them? Do you still uh, try to uh, compare yourself to others on being the best or trying to uh, be acknowledged? I, I think, uh, unfortunately, with the crowd that I have, I think uh, <laughs> all of you are uh, pretty mellow. Uh, in that regard, that you, uh, as far as I can tell, you, you all have been this way, that you don't seem to need to win at any cost or uh, belittle other people's experience. Uh, so I maybe it's just me. Uh, I'm the, the eye one out in this group. But uh, if we can uh, uh, start off with uh, Emily, uh, the the one that won it all last week, have you ever? Uh, had those uh, those uh, those uh, bad uh, those bad feelings and that were toxic to the way that you saw yourself and how you played the game. Um, I'm I'm a pretty mellow person, <laughs> definitely a mellow person. But I find I'm I can be hardest on myself. Um, I'm very much into holding myself to the decision I made, even if my opponent will let me take it back or whatever, because I try and and push myself to be better. But as for those around me, I, I, I find I, I just try and be as positive as I can. That's always been my intention going into things is to, to try and focus on, on positive of stuff. So but yeah, other than like holding myself to a really high standard that I may, might not hold somebody else to and say, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You can, you can do whatever, but I'd say that that would be mine. What about you, Jay? Have you ever had those uh, those toxic uh, those thoughts about uh, having to win at all costs or uh, have everybody try to respect you and acknowledge you? Uh, no, I would say that I uh, want to have fun. Uh, that's why I play the game at the end of the day, to have a positive experience. Uh, I mean, sometimes I might play a team that I enjoy a little bit less if I want to win, you know, uh, definitely have been times where I've considered playing, I don't know, uh, Thanos for events as a recent example, even though it's not my favorite thing. 
Uh, but I definitely don't like the idea of winning. If it's not going to be fun, I would rather lose all my games and have fun than uh, just win a bunch of games and have everybody be miserable. Uh, yeah. What about you, uh, Mr. I'm going to call Joe Pingras here with Joe. Uh, uh, Josafa. Josafa. Just uh, <laughs> to help uh, make sure that there's no... How dare you address me with my own name? <laughs> well, I know a lot of people call Josafa Joe. Uh, I just want to make sure that I love the name Josafa. I think it's a, it's a very cool, pretty name. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. So, uh, I'm in town in New York. I'm used to being one of like 20 Joes within a mile. It's fine. Just, hey, Joe. And 10 Joes turn their head around. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, so, Joe, uh, do you ever get mad when you make a mistake? Do you ever feel like crap when you lose? Or? No, I was actually thinking about it as you were saying it. It made me laugh because I've, I've, as a player, I've never compared myself to anybody else in this game. And I don't mean that like I'm the best. It's just that thought has never crossed my mind. I have people I enjoy playing against and I have teams and characters I enjoy playing with. And yeah, I mean, but it's also, I got back into the game 10 years ago. Um, I was still playing with a buddy of mine that we had played through the first 10 years. And he was like the one guy I got to play with. And he beat my ass every time we played because I play. And this is back in the day. I'd play Gladiator. I'd play one man armies, and he'd be like, "Okay, well, I'm going to build this balanced team of like six characters and just wreck your face." And I'm like, "All right, cool." So I am well accustomed to getting my teeth kicked in. <laughs> so it's like, okay, whatever. That didn't work. Cool. My dice crapped out. Cool. What I always tend to do is take it out on the characters. Like, when Magneto fails his leadership, I'm just like, Magneto, you are a terrible leader. You are a disgrace. I am I'm ashamed of you as a human being. That's what I tend to do. Uh, Try and have something with it. No, I uh, I often uh, tell my figures when they fail their leadership role that they're not very strong leaders. Uh, exactly. Uh, but, uh, There's how a reason why Cyclops never rolls leadership for me. It's because he knows how much I hate him. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, Calder, that's what agree with you for his hate on mutants and uh, their existence. Uh, uh, Drusafa, uh, uh, instead of uh, looking at you uh, specifically, have you ever seen that from other players? Like they just have like a, a shitty attitude about losing where they just get really pissed off when they uh, sized up the wrong square or uh, get the wrong order for their attacks. Yeah, I've 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 witnessed a lot of that already. Um, it is very frustrating to be on the other side, or when there's a lot of tension in the game, or when there's a lot of like, um, you know, there's like a bad vibe going on. And and, and imagine if like uh, this catches on to like a new player. That's what worries me the most, right? Like. Like clicks feels like to me since like when I, since I started that it's just such a good healthy environment. But then once in a while you get the bad apple that you know is just really really like I've seen people throw dice. I've pe I've seen people like push the table, slam the table, <laughs> start talking loud, and all of that. Just it's just terrible. It's just awful. But going back, you said not to to reflect on myself, but it's interesting because <laughs> I've had to like fix a few mistakes of my own like um like one of the things that i had to learn how to do is to dial down the competitiveness right um where i play it's it's strictly just for fun like most people don't uh don't follow the meta they don't know what's meta and 
and I'm and I was sort of labeled as the meta player, like oh he's the meta guy and he's the guy that is always just running the best figures or whatever. And I had to learn to dial down. Not that it mattered because they didn't really know what was the real meta. And whatever I was playing, they kept calling it the the meta anyways. Right? Like imagine if nowadays I came to an event with a Masters of Evil team. Like everybody look at me like, what what's wrong with you? Right. Um, if I do that where I play, they would say, oh, he's running that meta stuff again. Masters of Evil must be winning everything now. <laughs> so, so I had to learn how to not let myself get upset because they didn't want to pay play the, the top end figures, right? I think because it goes both ways, right? I mean, sure, you don't have to be always, always competitive. But I also don't think that you can fault somebody for wanting to play their chase that they opened or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't know. So I, ha- I had to learn how to behave so that I wouldn't get mad with these people and sort of like, like keep myself like in, you know, in check. Because I do, I am usually very polite and I'm very um, easygoing with the games. I tend to help my opponent more than I should, like, usually. <laughs> Um, and I, I, uh, I think... I've literally almost lost the game by telling my opponent what to do. So. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I remind people of the powers. Like, I mean, I'm okay with taking back stuff. Obviously, there's a, a limit to that, right? Like, you know, you can't like, oh, let me perplex now that I've seen my dice roll or whatever. Or, or go back too far back. But if it's something that doesn't matter too much, I'm not really tilted about it. I'll, I'll let it go by. But 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 I think that one of what I'm trying to say is that Usually we're unaware of how we're behaving depending on, on the situation we're in. And I think that before I let it get to me, and I think some people sort of got it the wrong way. And, you know, so I had to learn how to how to control that. Um, I'm not very good at hiding my emotions. So, like, if I'm upset and we're playing in person, you will visibly see that I'm upset. There's no, I can't hide that. I mean, I'm terrible at that. Like, I just cannot. Like, and if I don't like you, I am also terrible at, like, not, like, showing that. So these are things that I had to sort of work on. Like, when you have to face that one guy that you don't like, and then you have to endure that, like, dreadful game. <laughs> Sometimes it just got to happen if you want to play the at, at an event. The person is there. I'm what are you going to do, right? I'm sitting right here, Josephin. You just say <laughs> my name. It's okay. <laughs> Joe, we'll, we'll get a game in one day, right? That's the truth. Okay, right? okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it's uh it's always tough to try to, you know, manage your your own fun and try to also manage the fun for someone else. Uh, especially when they uh are had in front of you because like Joseph said that some people are able to hide uh, what they're feeling and uh it's when the, those uh those players that you don't like to play against uh the the the, the ones that do get mad and, uh, uh for me uh i uh for me it's uh, it's always uh, even back then, when I would put all this pressure on myself um, to win, to be the best, and to be acknowledged at a door, uh, my goal was always to still try to uh, have an enjoyable experience if I was able to with the other person that I was sitting across from. But sometimes it's out of your hands. Uh, but uh, I don't want to get too much into this episode, but 
in the next episode too, I would like to talk about communication. Uh, but uh, for now, uh, I would say that uh, uh, if you're able to communicate with the other person, you know, like, hey, man, you know, being kind of a jerk, uh, or, uh, hey, uh, that's, it's really not that big of a deal. It's, uh, you, you must your attack, but you can make it up for the next one. Or, uh, I think you still are able to uh, make it into top cut, or uh, better luck at the next one. You know, just, uh, I, I think uh, sometimes we get swept up in the moment uh, on that on that loss or that mistake, and we we forget ourselves. You know, we forget uh, how we are affecting others around us because uh, uh, for those that. We, a lot of the episode, a lot of the shows talk about these those big big tournaments, uh, nationals or worlds. But the majority of hero clicks is played at your local comic shop or online uh, with uh, eight to twelve people. You'll often see those same uh, same group of people that show up every week. And we we all want to play this game because we find some kind of joy in it for for whatever reason. If you would like to continue. To, to continue to play this game uh, in a fun, uh, healthy, competitive environment, uh, you need to consider how you are playing the game, and not just winning the game or beating the opponent, uh, but how you are treating your, your local community. Because eventually, Josafa you know, might just say, hey, it's uh, this, uh, this guy keeps showing up at these... Uh, these players continue to single me out as the meta player. I don't really feel feel welcome here anymore. I, uh, the the joy that I'm finding in the game uh, isn't uh, balancing out with all the, the negative experiences that I'm feeling. Uh, I'm not trying to say that everyone should be happy go lucky all the time. That's uh, I, the opposite of what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to uh, have people be aware that it's okay to to feel shitty, to get mad, but to deal with it in a responsible, healthy way. Uh, uh, there, are, there are players that were local to me that they hated losing, they just fucking despised to lose. Uh, you know, they would get so mad that they would have to shut down right after the game and say, don't talk to me, don't look at me, I gotta go set in my corner, you know, uh, get ready for the next round. And it just, uh, it, you know, it hurt me to see him like that. Uh, uh, there's uh, another player who uh, did not like losing in general, and whenever he lost to me, or would start losing to me, he would start to become very skeptical on, on uh, things were legal, or things were right, and very untrusted. Um, uh, his opponent, and it just uh, that that's not fun. <laughs> and we here to play a game in our our downtime, a very time consuming and uh, money seeking game. So yeah, so this is uh, the kind of stuff I I I, I want to talk about. You know, uh, I don't know if there's a way to to improve or grow upon it, except just by talking about it. Uh, that's uh the. The, the stuff that uh, I uh, placed on, uh, the values that I thought were important, uh, didn't change overnight. Uh, it took me 
years. I started, I, I played Hero Clicks uh, in, in 2013, maybe like December 2012. But uh, and I played Magic for a couple of years before that. And, uh, it's just, uh, I, I, I feel like the best way to grow from stuff is to just talk about it. I don't know if there's an actual solution involved, but uh, talking talking about those uh, those negative things, uh, and acknowledging uh, that uh, it's okay to have that negative experience or those negative feelings is the best solution that I've come up with. Uh, how about y'all? You're asking very difficult questions. I do. Uh, I, I, it's kind of what I want the show to be about. Uh, the, uh, I, I feel like uh, the other shows talk about how to be a better player with the, the, the more practical sense. Uh, I, I'd like to talk about more of the, the abstract uh, sense. Oh, so you're saying every other podcast is shallow and pedantic. I understand. Uh, well, I, I try to uh, bring something else to the table. Uh, otherwise, uh, it just becomes uh, uh, backyard noise with everything else. Well, I, I, I agree with you that that you're saying that um, you need to talk about it. That's probably, arguably, the best way to do it. One of the things that, for instance, has helped me when when I'm dealing with somebody that gets you know upset about something is understanding why they get upset and then just you know finding a way to to talk to the person and open like a an angle that maybe he's not seeing. I'll give you an example. The players who um, <clears throat> players who lose and get upset because they lost. I like to talk to them and then discuss the game with them. That's something that a lot of players don't do. And I feel that if you're a more experienced player, you almost have an obligation to share that information. And by sharing, you're, you're, you're giving the person a chance to grow by pointing out mistakes, right? Because a lot of people, they, they're they going to look at it like this. If they don't have a lot of understanding, they're just going to get crushed. And they're either going to blame it on the luck or they're going to blame it on the fact that you're a meta player or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But down to the wire, if you're a good player, it doesn't matter what you're playing, you're going to make the best plays possible. And I think, you know, that's the major difference. Like you've probably played that scenario so many times, you know what's the right scenario. So I think one of the things that I like doing is, is telling them, like, you know, hey, when you moved over here on the map, you didn't really factor in threat assessment. Like, you didn't see how far it could, you know, come to make an attack. Um, and maybe if you had gone two squares back, I couldn't have made that attack, right? So I like I like pointing out some things that, to us, that, you know, play on more of a competitive regular basis, uh, the, the obvious things. But telling them that they made mistakes is both an eye-opener, but also... It's to show them that you know they're losing because they're making these mistakes, and so there there shouldn't really be a, a reason for them to get too upset. Um, and then I think that usually it sort of breaks a little bit of that tension that 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 has happened, and um, and I think that's one of the ways that I think it could help like by sharing a little bit of information. Right? Well, yeah, that's another a, good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Another good perspective. Um, years ago locally, we had a, a newer player. He was probably 14 or 15 at the time. And he, his situation, his dad bought him a bunch of figures. He really loved the game. And then it got to a point where he was losing and he'd be, you know, he's a teenager. So he'd be kind of a down about it. Like, oh man, well, you know, just whatever. I wanted, wanted this. And I told him once and I said, his name was Jonah. It doesn't matter. I go, Jonah, you don't learn anything from winning. Everything you learn is from losing. 
So when you when you lose, look at it as an as a opportunity to become a better player, to become a better person. Like if you just come in and win all the time, sure that's great. You got prizes, good for you. But you're gonna hit that ceiling where all of a sudden maybe you're behind in like Joseph said, certain threat assessment, whatever. If you haven't really, if the, your play style has not caused you to have to deal with that at whatever level you're at, you're suddenly gonna miss it when you go to that next level. And it, I've seen people who maybe bought figures that they thought were going to carry them on the wings of an angel all the way to the world championship, who all of a sudden play against a quote unquote subpar team and get routed. And then three months later, they're out of the game because they thought, well, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. And they got a taste of it. And then that first loss set them on their ass. I mean, to go back to the opening. Most people that play hero clicks are going to lose statistically. It just has to happen. So you have to be okay with it and put a positive spin on it. A loss is a loss is a good thing, no matter where you are. You learned something. You should have learned something. Maybe what you learned was that your dice really sucked that day. But hey, that's how it goes sometimes. I, I feel like when I started to learn how to play, it was an accepted fact that when you started to play, you were gonna lose a lot. Is that just less of a thing now? Because that was just accepting it feels truth. Like it's a thing. I agree with you. It feels like it's less of a thing, and I don't know why. The, 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 the fact is, this is just an incredibly complicated game. I mean, and like I, I agree with Josafa. Like I like talking about what could, what what we could have done differently after. I mean, there's so many decisions to make that a single decision could affect the whole outcome of the game and the whole sequence of things. Or like you know, where one one bad dice roll can set off a whole chain of things. Like there's just so many, well, there's just so many individual decisions and things to get right or wrong in this game. There's always going to be something to talk about after well, you finish your game. And yeah, I mean, if you just stomp somebody, then uh, I think you, you know it's not you had a good matchup, or they were just not playing the same level of team you were, or. Well, I mean, obviously, you can win a game, and it could be a good game. Well, I, but you're definitely gonna win more. With I, th I think it's a multifaceted problem. We we haven't had a lot of tournaments in uh, in the last few years. Um, the uh, the turnout for we did have in person play was also very low attendance, and so for for whatever reason, new players or uh, uh, what's the word for the middle. Uh, player, the players have been playing for a little bit, or just coming back to it, the experienced players. Uh, and the the majority of players get uh, a lot of their their data from online. And, uh, they generally speaking, you're only getting the end result of uh, these are the uh, these are the best teams. These are the uh, the teams that did really well. Uh, these are the players that did really well. And, uh, there's, uh, you see the end result, and you're also seeing the the, the side effects of the, the players that are doing well, really well. People are uh, talking to them, reaching out to them. You know, uh, you're seeing uh, the, the praise that they, that you're getting when that feels good on top of actually winning the game. Uh, when, uh, like the both, but I think everybody here when I started playing. It was expected to lose, uh, you know, often to lose a lot 
uh, you know, clicks, you know, because of all the all the rules and all the mechanics and all the, the strategy involved. Uh, but somewhere along the way, yeah, it just became more, uh, I guess, expected that, uh, that if you're not being talked about, then uh, what's the what's the point? I guess. And I, again, that's the that's the the bad values that uh, that uh, I think. Uh, uh, people might not be acknowledging for themselves. But, uh, we are all trying to play this for fun, I think. And fun is very subjective and very uh, dependent um, for each person on what that means. Uh, for me, playing competitive is fun. Pl uh, playing against uh, Jay or Emily, I've never actually got to play Joe, uh, but Josafa, uh, the, like, these are three players that I have a lot of respect for. You know, that not just because I think they're really cool people, but because they're really good at the game. You know, I want to play against those people. I like losing to these people, uh, not because they're cool and fun, but because it is a rewarding experience to get my ass kicked because it's I I learned something. Whether it was just my dice were bad that day. Uh, like uh, the the strategies involved for the team that they played, or the uh, the strategies involved uh, for them to play against my team, I can be very rewarding for myself. Uh, you know, it's uh, you have to kind of look at yourself when if you why you aren't having any fun or why you should expect to win uh, more than you should lose because I don't think. Uh, uh, my my win record, my personal win record, uh, and Heroclix is on the negative. It, it's only been recent that uh, it's been positive, but overall, I think I'm still pretty much in the negative uh, for my win to loss ratio. I'm gonna agree with you, Brad. That that um, competitive is fun. Competitive is is what I'm here for. Whenever I see that something is a, a casual build, we'll still go. But uh, Jay will tell you that casual is literally practice for me of what do figures do that I haven't touched before because everybody learns differently, and I personally learn by seeing something happen on the map. So if I don't see something happening and I'm just reading the card, I'm not going to fully grasp it. So I like to to a casual night play stuff that i've never used before just to see how they work and and most of the times i would lose terribly on all casual nights but it's part of me just caring that it's losing because we're there for fun but it's also i'm using it as boards to be a better player i agree 100 percent. i love playing different stuff i haven't played the number of figures that i've just like emily said like i saw them like oh hey that's doing something different I didn't expect. All right, cool. Like, I think sometimes people can pigeonhole themselves by wanting to maintain, like, I only want to play these six figures for the next two years, then I'll try something else. Variety is the spice of life. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with Brad in that I really enjoy when I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Uh, uh, the small things, right, Jay? Just the small things, right? <laughs> Uh, was, I, I enjoyed the small. Thing. I actually don't know. I don't. I don't think we played that many times. I don't actually. No, I think we might have played a, a, a handful of times. A couple weeks ago, but I don't know if we played other than that one. I, I stopped my butt. Uh, if I recall, uh, it was. Uh, I mean, I was playing pretty bad at Thanos. So. Yeah. 
so uh, y'all touched on uh, my next couple of segments uh, for the show, the more uh, uh, tangible, uh, uh, practical uh, side of Heroclix, and that is uh, uh, what we would consider uh, good figures or interesting teams. Uh, we can go ahead and start with uh, Joe Safa, uh, called uh, Joe's Gems, or Joe Safa's Gems. I'll bounce back and forth on the title. But uh, so, uh, uh, Joe uh, Safa, <laughs> uh, what is your uh, your gem for today? Right, so I actually separated two figures to talk about really quickly. Um, and although some of these figures might get played i'm looking at it from a perspective of like a competitive um point of view so i feel that i haven't seen a lot of successful teams uh using the these figures so the first one that i'm going to talk about is from uh is baron zemo from war of the realms 036 he's a rare uh, I, love this uh, I like him on his uh, low lower point though so let me read them uh, really quick. So he's got, uh, he's 30, so uh, on the 35th point line, he's got three clicks of health. He has Masters of Evil, Ruler, Soldier, and Thunderbolts keywords. Key he has six range and the Masters of Evil TA. Now, the reason why I like him is he serves uh, multiple purposes on the team. Um, and with all the, the, the wild cards that we have now, I feel that Masters of Evil is one of the most underplayed TAs. Um, in the same way that PD rocks, so does Masters of Evil, right? Um, for people who don't know, Masters of Evil, as long as you have a melee attack, if you if you have uh, your adjacent friend, a friendly character that's also adjacent to the target, you can drop their defense by one. Now, this is really good because, one, it's not really perplex, so you can use it multiple times during the turn if you have, like, sidestepping and shifting with your figures. Um, so it's really, really useful. Um, he also has TK Stealth, Mastermind, uh, Outwit, and Leadership. I mean, that's, I mean, if, if you were talking back in the day, like maybe like four or five years ago, and you talked about a figure like that with all of this for 35 points, you're probably talking about getting a band or something. <laughs> and it's funny that you don't see him a lot, you know, out there. Maybe some people do play him. I, I, whenever I have a chance and I'm playing like for fun, he's always on, on my team. I love him. So he's one of the gems. Uh, the other gem that um, I wanted to... Uh, do, do any of you guys play with with, uh, with this figure? By, by any chance? I have, yes. I have not had the chance yet, but I am also a fan because it's obviously the incredible figure. Uh-huh. And also, I mean, maybe we're going to get some more Master Evil slowly. I mean, they keep, we keep on getting, like, drip-fed them. We got, like, three in Disney Plus or whatever, so... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I put this figure at least a handful of times so... Because it was soldier keyword, uh, soldier is becoming uh, is growing to be a better keyword. Uh, just that utility piece alone, uh, it kind of goes into the next segment that we're talking about. But I feel like he's a off-brand commissioner uh, in, in the sense that he has a lot of utility. He can uh, affect uh, characters with a negative defense. Uh, the leadership involved with. Uh, because it was a good keyword, he actually has more uses uh, than uh, the commissioner, I think. Uh, um, uh, yeah, just uh, uh, telekinesis alone is just a really good power. Um, uh, the ch- cherry on top is the outwit. 
So yeah, I, I love this dude. Yep, you heard it here first, folks. Sell your commissioners by Baron Zemo. <laughs> uh, I endorse that. Uh, yes, uh, I will trade my commissioner for a Baron Zemo. Yeah, whatever. No. And he's very survivable, too, right? He's got stealth plus mastermind. I feel that that's a great combination because it's kind of hard for them to just straight up outwit. Like, not everybody has the improved targeting for it. So if you keep him in the right positions, you know, he's he's very survival, mm-hmm. um, just solid at 35, I think. Yeah, uh, that's also part of what the show is about, uh, is to try to talk, uh, to to help out the, the players that can't afford the commissioners, that can't afford uh, to, uh, or unable to borrow, uh, or unable to obtain uh, the, the top tier for we we have not seen uh, a lot of success when it comes to the budget builds and the, the gems that uh, Joe will be talking about uh, in, in these shows are figures that uh, are good you know, uh, it's just that uh, when we think about competitive hero clicks we think about what are the best uh, because usually the best is uh, overpowered, or they do a lot of stuff, or might even be broken. And uh, a frustrating thing when uh, I see uh, uh, new players that come to the game, or players that aren't paying attention, uh, is that they want to know uh, if uh, X figure is any good, or if uh, X team uh, uh, is uh, is meta. You know, it's uh, unless you are going to nationals or worlds, uh, you don't need to play those figures or that team. Uh, you, uh, you have plenty, usually plenty of time to uh, to play other stuff and try to make it work and you know? uh, make it viable, make it make it uh, be able to stand on its own. Uh, the uh, guy right here, Baron Zemo, I think he's very good. And we often consider it, if it's not the best, it's bad. You know, that's that's not that's not not, not the case. But it doesn't mean uh, if it's good, it, is it good enough? And this uh, figure right here, I think, is good enough. To, so, so, all right. So next one, Safa. <laughs> all right. So um, I'm gonna go into the second figure, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the second figure is is um, not on the low end of pricing for figures, but I feel that it's a figure that has all the goods to shine and to do very well in competitive. However, it hasn't shown up so much. And that's um, the Chase Rocket Raccoon from uh, War of the Realms 060. Um, and, and I'm going to just bring a point here where, why I think this figure is very exciting and it has like you know legs in the future. Um, outside of the obvious, like, I mean, it's 50 points. The stats are off the roof, like 12 attack, triple boat, seven range. Um, you know, it's just a solid overall 50 point figure. Um, but I want to point out why I think there's like legs with it in, in the sense that most people probably won't look at it. Um, first, let me just tell people about it. So it's 50 points. It's got the animal as guardian cosmic and guardians of the galaxy keywords. Uh, it's got the guardians TA. Um, it's got running shot top dial, 12 attack with a special, 18 super senses, and 3 damage with a special. 
know, it brings two very cool, distinct things that I like about um, for it to be like my gem. The first thing is that it does something very unique that it's it interacts with people within four squares. Um, that is actually, it could be a pretty big deal. Um, we've gotten recently a few very exciting figures like in, uh, in some uh, LEs for the Plastic Man. One of them actually uh, influences uh, improved movement within a certain amount of squares. We also have another character that um, does that, which is, I believe, Sinestro from Wonder Woman, the chase. Mm -hmm. He also has uh, his, uh, his construct uh, stops improved movement uh, within a certain amount. I think it's two squares, if I'm not mistaken. Now, yeah, I think it's that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so why I like Rocket is not for the reason that, like, the offensive reason, because he's really good. I mean, he when he hits people with the energy explosion, he, he gives them tokens. He also has a very cool all with this damage. Why I really like him is the interaction with the map. Because on certain maps, and, and, and depending on the positioning, if you have one of these constructs or the Plastic Man item there that I just mentioned, he can stop people on their tracks. And figures like, you know... Uh, let's just say here, uh, like Sky Tyrant, right? I mean, he like if depending on on your team and and how you position on a specific map, you could stop Sky Tyrant on his tracks and he can't even get to you. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like Rocket Raccoon. Um, I dabbled with him a little bit when Proteus was around, um, and then I sort of left it uh, untouched for a while. But I am gonna go back to him because I think he's just fun. I like the fact that he can lock people down. Um, and I think that's just a very unique thing. That's one of the things that I look on figures is what kind of uniqueness they bring to the game. Um, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, but you can just one-shot him. Sure, that's healthy, right? Like, you don't want him to be unkillable. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I mean, sure, like every other figure outside of Thanos at the moment, <laughs> just get killed, get killed, right? It doesn't literally have a trait that says you win the game, so it's bad. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, and, to, and then to and, no, just off of things that affect opponents' positioning are definitely. Yeah, and I like the fact that it has plasticity as well. So not only does it, you know, force you to sort of break away. Um, uh, from, from, um, it, it, so basically, let me read the 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 the, the trait. It says too cold for you, uh, for you furless wonders. <laughs> So it has plasticity, and then it says opposing characters within four squares and line of fire. Consider Rocket Raccoon adjacent for m movement purposes. So automatically, if you don't fly, you already have to stop if he has line of fire. Um, and then if, like I said, if you have something that shuts off the improved movements, then suddenly it doesn't matter what you have, right? You're going to have to stop. It doesn't matter if you're phasing. doesn't matter if you're flying, because all that is improved, right? So... I feel that that is going to, you know, that's something that sounds just a little bit of fun. Not necessarily super strong or busted. It's not something that's going to go and beat your opponent. But I feel that moving, being able to move around the map and have these sort of safe-ish positions could be pretty cool. You know, uh, you brought up uh, Plastic Man and the, the barrel. The mm -hmm. Interesting effect with the. I want to try out with the, those two figures as uh, uh, Nathaniel Richards. Uh, mm. I want to uh, give Rocket Raccoon uh, super strength to pick up the barrel. Uh, and because uh, Jay and Joe, I know you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, there's a certain rule 
that uh, for special objects that uh, if they have like an error effect, even if you even if it's not on the map, the effect still uh, is an effect. Area effect is no longer a game term. Or what is the game term I'm looking for? That's a good question. Uh, do you uh, so? But the the barrel there. itself says that uh, characters in the four can't use approved uh, approved movement abilities. Yeah, I I'm aware of this new rule. I just can't remember. I don't remember where it is in the comp. But yeah, there's something about special objects being considered to be. Huh? It's not a new rule. No, it it's, goes back to Superman. Yeah, it's been since like 2014. As long as I've it just doesn't come up very often. Yeah, correct. Uh, uh, it was an effect with uh, the lanterns back in the day, right? And kryptonite. No, the lanterns oh. stayed on the map, but there was yeah the kryptonites yes. that you can hold, and, and yeah, and there was like uh, the shield disruptor, yeah, the meteorite. Yeah, there's been objects that you but, can uh, hold. But yeah, uh, with a uh, rocket raccoon, once he picks up the object, uh, it can stay on his card and still be in this bubble for that plasticity trait along with the object's uh, special ability. And even though Rocket Raccoon would lose super strength next turn, he also does not drop the object. Is that right? That's correct, because super strength allows you to pick up or drop an object, but it does not uh, lose it. It does not make you drop it anymore. That's it. Who said I couldn't learn anything? (laughs) Oh, you didn't know that, Joe? Safa? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I did not know that. These are all very new things I'm hearing. Because first, I I, I, I didn't play in that time when those items when uh, that Joe just mentioned, uh, the kryptonite and all that. I, I, I didn't get to do that. So I didn't see that in action. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So Rocket would drop the object, though. What? Oh, I thought if a character holding an object is KO'd or loses super strength while holding a heavy object, the character immediately puts down the object in the square they occupied. Oh, I thought you yeah. still held the object. If you... Was that new? I think that's been a while, too. It's just, we haven't had special objects for a while, so, like... You, well, most heavy objects are just attack. rare now. Like... Yeah, or, or you're using them in an attack, so the whole use, losing super strength hasn't really... Like, super strength's really taken such a step back, people aren't using it, typically. So a lot of old knowledge has kind of been lost. Yeah. Huh. I I could have swore like, a couple of years ago, like 2017, that if you lost super strength, you could still hold your object. Huh. But yeah, it I says right here in the rule book, 17.5 if you lose super strength. While hold- yeah. I think that I might have been Well, that what you, what you also might be thinking of is that Potentially, and I just don't remember. Um, if you outwitted super strength, that would be a that you would not drop the object because it was the. Oh, uh, there was something. Yeah, there was some weird interaction. I, I now they just—it's one of those things where it's like, no, if you can't use super strength, you just boop, the duration. The duration overhaul has been a bit of yeah. Yes, and that's one of the the hardest parts about the rule. Uh, if it's a if it's a very abstract kind of way for me, like above my pay grade. I just have to accept whatever you guys tell me is right. And uh, hopefully I can... That's me right there, Brad. That's me right there. no idea. I'm sure a lot of players have no idea what we're talking about when we say the durations of change. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a wild concept when you guys start uh, talking about like uh, triggers and um, uh, durations and um, this and that. Okay, yeah, those are words. <laughs> 
No, I'm just are, are we still talking about Heroclix? What, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I'm sorry, we have to talk about durations now. Uh, duration talk time. Uh, moving on uh, from the, the, the rules aspect of it. So, uh, you could still do the, the Nathaniel check, but you would drop the object uh, once you get it across the board. And I believe that's at the end of your turn that you can use that power with Nathaniel. I have to go to Click's Nexus to make sure it's accurate. Yes, you, yes, you do. Oh, you we're just saying the quiet part out loud now, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, if I if I want something read correctly, I go to Clicks Nexus. So if I want the, the latest information, I go to Clicks Nexus, and that's just a, a fact for me. That's the way of life. If you want toxicity, you can go to the other website. If you want a virus, you can go to the other website. <laughs> oh, this is you next turn. So. Uh, as long as you keep giving him super strength to pick up the object, you can continue to pick up that barrel to Sothel. But the reason why I like that combination of those three figures is uh, to help uh, Rocket Raccoon just to get a little bit more use out of his uh, plasticity bubble uh, instead of uh, having someone else's super strength. Because uh, if they are on one side or the other, you lose uh, a little bit of that, that reach. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, a great piece. Uh, definitely, we we all talk about it, but does not see enough play. Yeah, one of the best pieces not seeing play right now. And that's uh, that's always the yeah, trouble with yeah. Netflix is uh, there's just never enough time to play all the figures. And all the good players are like out here and telling everybody what's good. They're not like keeping secrets anymore. Like you're giving away all the tech now. I don't know. It's it's really and. <laughs> It's like I feel I feel like so stupid because I, I I gave away the collector was good too early, but his price never spiked and I don't know why. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I missed my window to buy collector on the cheap. I yeah, what did Emily? We paid seventy Canadian because we were smart. Yeah. Do you guys have any gems that you would like to bring to the table or? Uh, uh, Brad, if you don't mind, I just wanted to say, um, I want to, I'm going to have to, to, to sadly leave now. I have a family thing that it's out of my control, but I wanted to say thank you for having me, Brad. It's been a pleasure chatting to all you guys. You guys are amazing. I mean, this is, this is, this has been super fun and it makes me a little sad to have to go, but it is out of my hands. I have a niece that I have to, to take care of. So <laughs> there's nothing I can do about that. All right. We'll so thank you for having me. Great talking to you guys. Sure. Uh, thanks for coming out, Yusuf. Uh, I, mean, I love you. Love you guys. Take care. You kind of. A... I have a feeling that I might be repeating one from Paul. Did Paul talk about Agnes yet? Uh, he has mentioned Agnes uh, in previous uh, interviews, I but not. I can talk about Agnes for. Uh, but yeah, days, Agnes definitely does so. not see enough play. I. Let's talk about Agnes. Okay, so Agnes is a super rare from the Disney Plus set. She is not as flashy as Agatha, but she's really awesome. So she Dangerous is. Rules. So she is one of the Halloween figures, which all have a trait. Shape change when the character uses it and succeeds, heal them, heal them one click, uh, as well as having a stop click at the end, with, which literally just just stop. So you have six clicks, uh, a stop click, trait and shape change, and mystics. And a way to heal. Uh, you have a special damage power on the first two clicks and the last click, Senior Scratchy. Free, generate a Senior Scratchy bystander. Uh, and he is awesome because he has enhancement and 
modify the attack value of some uh, uh, Jason friendly characters with mystical or celebrity by one, as well as being an autonomous, uh, you know, character, just which just always awesome. Uh, it's just a free action to generate, so you know. Uh, and she also has mastermind, so basically, if you don't have a way to deal with the bunny, she is basically going to get a free mastermind every single turn. Uh, she also has improved targeting hindering as well as TK to start. So, um, I mean, all of the Halloween figures deserve some level of consideration. I'm also a very big fan of the Wanda Maximoff, and uh, I think she should be seeing a lot of play, especially because 19 of 10 plus Sakari and Iron Man's plus twos are hard to hit. So, yeah, Agnes and Wanda, all the Halloween figures. Yeah, those two I thought would be played together a lot, and I built teams with these two. She's only five dollar, uh, five dollar super rare, and it, it blows my mind. The the conversations I, I saw people having about her, you know, the the buzz that was building around her, and uh, she's just not getting played. Uh, I don't know if it's because uh, mystical took a hit, or there's just not enough points to make it work with celebrity. But I mean, I personally went two and one with her on a team that was essentially 125 points down. So, you know, <laughs> guys playing Vision with Galactus. So, you know. Uh, I actually like that <laughs> But that's just me. I mean, yeah, Celebrity is uh, also obviously very good keyword. Mystical is uh, uh, it's just a matter of time until it has its comeback. It's not a matter of when, if it's a matter of when. Yeah. And uh, pass is also not irrelevant either. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fit to... I actually have a, I have a double swap team, a double of uh, a, a double replacement team. That I don't want Joe to cry. <laughs> uh, that ends up on the three first different versions of Scarlet Witch. It's awesome. I'm a very I'm a very big fan of Witch women right now in uh, in this game. Uh, I uh, I like to uh, double swap my teams with figures so I can fizzle or. Uh, oh no! <laughs> Burn this podcast to the ground. <laughs> you, you you missed ignore, by the way. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, ignore uh, or counter and stuff like that. All, all the buzzwords. Uh. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but yeah, she's a great feature that uh, she's got a lot of utility and a lot of survivability. Uh, you know, I. We'll try to build with her next week because she's only five dollars, so that kind of goes with uh, my my budget build. Uh, how about you, Emily and Joe? Do y'all have a a gem that you uh, think uh, should get more play besides Vision Prime, Emily? <laughs> so, confession time: I'm not very good at figure evaluation or team building, and I very very much rely on on my close friends who are much better at that stuff than me and I, it's usually that i like pick something big and beefy that i really like to want to play and then everybody helps me tweak the stuff so i i, I don't really have any figures that are bouncing around in my head that i really want to play other than stuff that's not really working like vision Pro. Oh, that's okay <laughs> uh we we all have that uh, different ways that we approach the game so if you don't have one that's perfectly fine uh, how about you, Mr. Pengrazio? Do you have any particular figure that you think uh, should uh, get a little bit more recognition or play? Agate. 
It's always maggot. I guess he is technically no. a comic deep cut, but uh, yeah. I mean, um, he's technically not doing a lot of play right now, so I think that might be a fair, a fair pick. Yeah, it's true. If everyone's playing a maggot, not enough people are playing maggot. That's just a fact. Actually, I'll tip my hand a little bit. I think Firebelly has a slot in certain teams, and I think Firebelly brings a lot to certain teams, and no one sees it. He's very cheap, he's very mobile, I love the tip. and he pairs very well with things. Uh, Firebelly, I uh, I often look at him when I'm uh, doing the Underworld team ability. That's what he has, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's such a great team ability. And he's got oh, good man, There was that other figure... There's that other figure that we talked about, Emily, on Footsoft that Tyler was wrong about. Oh, yeah, Monica Rambo. <laughs> no, I didn't want to say it. Yeah, I was oh, calling Monica too late. Rambo. Uh, too late. Wait, I mean, Devin already placed third with her. So, uh, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, calling Monica Rambo is low key, super duper duper good. Monica. Uh, yeah, there's four of them. The, 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 the common, the one with the stop click. Yeah. The 25.1. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Oh, the, the, uh, the freeze tag, Monica? The what? The freeze tag, uh, the one that the power action. Yeah, the yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, low key, I mean, just an incredible tie-up piece. Has the shield to ability, and I, I, I just, I don't, I just don't understand. I don't feel like I should have to explain why the figure is good. But, but she's got a lot yeah. of good value for sure. It's a very, very good figure. Uh, yeah, I and I would not be disappointed if I did it at nationals and placed third. So, a fire belly would be a fine chase for me to pick up in a brick. I know he's not the 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 point and click uh, uh, main attacker for a team that you would want in a chase, but uh, he is, brings a lot to the table uh, with those team abilities and the survivability that he has. I mean, he has the animal keyword, right? Which, which he shares with maggots. So. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. You can carry two maggots. But then you have a party. It's actually not horrible. Uh, all right. Uh, so and... uh, we'll move on to uh, the next segment, which is uh, called Brad's Budget Builds. Uh, and uh, the goal for this is to try to come up with a team uh, within a budget. It, uh, not, not nothing locked in at a certain value, but uh, not the the overall team is going to be like two, four, five, seven hundred dollars. Uh, mostly focusing on stuff like uh, that Josafa would pick for Joe's gems or uh, you know the the comments on comments and rows because uh, something that Emily said earlier, uh, and I think Joe also did that uh, in the in the casual. Uh, tournaments, the local tournaments that you play on for for fun, uh, for non-competitive tournaments. Uh, before I was able to just borrow a figure or buy a figure, uh, I would try to play with my own collection, or I would try to borrow stuff that uh, nobody else wanted to play with. Uh, you know, let's uh, you know, try to make a a team that was. Uh, still good enough uh, to compete against the rest of the field in a competitive environment. Uh, I do, I do struggle a little bit uh, with team building uh, because whenever I team build, it's uh, in a perfect bubble. Uh, 
uh, how I want my team to perform, uh, to do a certain thing or uh, to play a certain way. And so when I when I give you my build, it's uh, it's to do a, a certain trick. You know, that's actually one of my my values when it comes to Heroclix is like I, I want to be able to do that one trick that one time in the tournament, you know, then I'll be happy. Uh, I can check that off my list for, for this tournament today. Uh, yeah, the effort that Joe's gems and you know, for their budget build is to allow the players that don't have the, the connections or the network or the money to afford the uh, the commissioners or double maggots or uh, the uh, the fire bellies. <laughs> uh, but no, I do have chases on the team. Uh, specifically, the, the figure that I want to build around, I talked about last week, and that was uh, Jessica Cruz. The chase from uh, Wonder Woman 80. Uh, I think she is a perfectly fine figure. Uh, she just gets outshined by the other three Green Lanterns, and that's that, with uh, Green Lantern himself having a stop click and uh, better keywords. And then you have Chip, who has uh, a good keyword with Animal and a lower point cost, if you can also make constructs. Or the, the cheapest team lantern, who's also my favorite green lantern uh, of the set, is uh, uh, team lantern. Uh, but she can't make a construct, but she can make a free barrier that can use prop. But uh, the, the green lantern team ability, I think, is probably one of the strongest team abilities out there, just because you can uh, wildcard it. Uh, but I, I wanted to build around her uh, with a, a budget built in mind. And, Conversely speaking, whenever I make a budget build, I, I try to make a, a better build or a reverse. I, I have a better build and I try to reverse engineer it into a, a budget build. To uh, one, it's just a puzzle kind of thing. I like I like building teams. I like to uh, come up with different strategies or a different way of thinking. And so it's fun for me to try to build uh, with a certain uh, frame of reference in mind. Uh, so the budget build. Uh, we have Jessica Cruz, uh, 50 points, who can make her own constructs. Uh, we have the Empire Starter 105B Invisible Woman, who has uh, 19 defend, telekinesis, and barrier. She's just She does so many things for only 50 points, that, and she's only common. I think you can buy her off of uh, cool stuff with Troll and Toad for like 5 or $6. Uh, and then, this is a, a non theme team, and I think if you're playing non theme, you need to play with uh, Marvella or Molecule and my team has both. So, with an uh, Invisible Woman, Molecule Man, and Marvella, I ha have access to a lot of barrier. If I'm going non theme, I should expect to lose map every game. And it's just it's a bonus if I actually win that. Uh, but, yeah, Molecule Man, Jessica Cruz, uh, Invisible Woman, Mozilla, and then to round out more support, I have uh, Tempo, uh, Star Sapphire, who also has Barrier, the Rare from One Woman 80, uh, Mary Jane Watson, uh, Dazzler, uh, building a little bit into the future, but I'm looking at uh, Bishop from the, the X-Men uh, Exosaurus, or Tenosaurus, or whatever you want to call it. Um, Ten points left over. I had Captain Carter Shield. I'm not sure what else to put on the build for five points. So I just put Opportunity as a map bonus. Uh, so it's... 
That is correct. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to win maps, so I might as well try to get the constellations out of it. Uh, and uh, the, the strategy for this to me is for the wild cards, and, uh, for Dazzler to give out the, the shield team ability to the X-Men characters, Tempo and Bishop, and the wild cards to also wild card shield team ability to get the YouTube, or the uh, PD team ability from Bishop, uh, who I think that's going to be the uncommon uh, of the set. The, the best encounter from the set because he just offers so much. He has leadership, he's got a PD X Men team ability. And, uh, I think if he gets his leadership or something, he can use the characters can use the X Men team ability for free, which sounds crazy. Uh, where's Bishop? Uh, number 30, Bishop. Uh, yeah, so if you use the leadership and succeeds, uh, friendly characters have the X Men team ability, can use it for free. That's freaking crazy. Uh, although I don't think there's anybody really worth using it on the team for the X-Men team ability, but that's just a nice bonus. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the goal for the team is to buff up uh, Jessica Cruz's speed by three, buff up her range by three, and to TK her out there, have Mary Jane uh, carry up the squad and reposition everybody around Jessica Cruz who can then go running shot across the map and shoot somebody in the starting area for uh, six damage with the enhancement and the shield team ability to really hurt somebody and then to, you know, protect yourself with a barrier and all that jazz and that defend for invisible woman. So everybody would have a, a 20 defense with the catcher's meant to put you up to a... Uh, 22 defense. There's not a lot of attackers on the, uh, on the, on the bunch of build, but it's uh, it's something to start with, something to look at with uh, all these cheap characters, because even if I do use Jessica Cruz, with all the, the shield team ability and the enhancements on the team and the PDs, I still feel like the rest of the squad can still hang and maybe get some more points after they get rid of the, the big damage dealer of Jessica Cruz. You guys are allowed to critique the team if you think it sucks for that. Me, I have to see stuff on the map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the biggest weakness is that there aren't enough main attackers that Jessica Cruz is the one. So that's kind of why all the barrier is there to try to protect uh, some of the weaker ones and also to try to protect Jessica. And uh, honestly, if you uh, when you main attacker. Uh, uh, on a green or main taxi with the lantern team ability, kind of still needs to be able to see who they're trying to shoot. And with all these bodies in the way, it's uh, it could be very limiting. Uh, but I actually need all the bodies in the way so that way they can't get to her. Uh, which, uh, for better or worse, uh, she's uh, the, the star of the show. All right, well, if there's uh, no input uh, not, uh, on the team, uh, we can move on to the better build. Um, this is, uh, if you're going unthemed, it, it's kind of, generally speaking, uh, just a bunch of good figures. And I try to, uh, they're just more expensive, um, do things uh, at a cheaper cost or do more unique things. Uh, for the, the better build, uh, trying to maintain the same 
uh, strategy would be Malhuman, Movella, the super rare Green Lantern, who has a stock with instead of her. Uh, you have Felix Faust, and you have Commissioner with the, the PD, you know, the Underworld team ability. And the, the most important uh, is uh, Peeper. He is uh, actually, is he uncommon? He is, he is uncommon. Shoot. Yes. Looks, like, yeah. looks like Bishop loses uh, the uncommon slot to, to Peeper. <laughs> but yeah, Peeper, uh, he. He works like tempo, giving plus two to speed, and has the shield team ability. So I can drop Dazzler and still have the other wild cards able to borrow the shield TA from him to continue to bump up the damage with uh, Felix Faust and the shield TA. And then I have three flashes on the team the Super Rose for enhancement and PD in the wild card, uh, with Mary Jane Watson rounding up for another wild card. And for the final piece, it's uh, the super rare Deadpool from Accessories. Uh, he's there to work with Molecule Man. Uh, it's uh, another way to use Barrier, uh, but in a different way. Whichever you need to, if you need blocking or if you need to make water terrain, then you can use Deadpool to make your characters uh, untargetable outside of 4. But, but Molecule Man was on the watch list and got changed. That means he's worse, right? Uh, he's so much worse. You right? can never get six uh, wild so much worse. Not worth playing anymore. I have never said a more untrue statement in my life. <laughs> uh, Sarcasm is melting my headset, Jay. Uh, yes, it's right. Yeah. Uh, dripping I, like, I like where this is going so far, though. This is just a, a probably a better version of the team. In, in, the, in the sense that you have more attackers with the Flash, you have uh, the commissioner who can be rookie and uh, still doing all the support stuff that I need for enhancements or PDs. Sorry, I have to I have to say that your team is objectively wrong because it doesn't have collector. Uh, I, that's too big brain for me. And also, I have like six or seven figures from the Wonder Woman eighty set on my team. <laughs> I understand that, but you should be playing collector and. You are a good enough player that you can figure out how to do it. I believe in you. Oh, uh, thank you. I will try to build with Collector. Collector is painful to play and annoying and does require the brain things. But it is one of the most rewarding things I've ever gotten to do in Heroclix when I get to have just a static bonus for my team the whole game just because I build properly. It, it's, it's better than drugs. <laughs> Uh, so that's the the bunch of build right there, uh, or the better build. Uh, do y'all have any thoughts or opinions on that, or anything that you think I should tweak besides the collector? I like where you were going with it, though, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's better to have more attackers as opposed to just relying on the one squishy attacker. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why my collector team was ten characters. So. A bunch of attackers. Okay, uh, so uh, on the ass of it, we will now just talk about the stuff that probably most of the listeners actually want to listen to, and that is the, the tournament that all three of you attended last week. That was the Canadian Nationals. Uh, I would like to uh, uh, kind of go over the overall experience. Uh, 
Uh, what did you like about it? Was there anything that you would like to improve upon? Uh, is there something that you're looking forward to next year or to the next upcoming big event? Emily, I want to hear. I want to hear you explain in detail how you came up with the team. I know it's a very interesting and long story. I want to hear it again. It's a long story how I came up with the team. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing something that was not good, and Jay said, why don't you try this team? And then I liked it. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say that because somebody decided to open their mouth and say that, like, Jay built the team, no, I didn't. I said, <laughs> I took Collector, Thanos, and Molecule Man, who are the, like, the, the three best figures in the format. And I said, okay, let's play the three best figures in the format. And then let's fill in the rest of the points. Like, no, I don't want to hear it. Emily got full credit for the win and played the team better than I ever could. So I don't want to hear any of that nonsense again. Well, I'm offended in uh, Yeah, there's no maggot on the team, so... I'm offended in Maggot. Y'all have to change that for Worlds, Joe. There, exactly. Put Maggot on the team. It'll be better. Uh, well, I heard that Maggot might go on the watch list again to get the Cosmic keyword, so... There you go. Okay, let's Look, do it. Even past. Let me put him on a Latvarian team. Ooh, that sounds fun. What about uh, you, Joe, or Jay? Uh, was there any particular experience uh, you'd like to go over for uh, Canadian Nationals? I mean, I don't really think the listeners are interested. I didn't win a single game the whole weekend, so... Neither did I. We suck. <laughs> yeah, we really, really did not do well. You guys were awesome at keeping everything going on time and smooth and yeah, it was it was a very calm and peaceful and pleasant experience the whole weekend. I... I think my favorite part of the weekend was legitimately getting to see everybody and a million hugs. How long did we hug, like, constantly all weekend? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I had the best shawarma of my life on Sunday. I'm still thinking about that shawarma. It was so good. Patch one. I don't know what that uh, tastes like. You're kidding. No. I've only, wow. I've only, only ever heard of shawarma in the Avengers. That's the only reference gotta, I have to. You gotta, you gotta try it. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's really good. It's delicious. That's what it is. I ate it like every day or almost every day for lunch. Uh, well, if it's sweet, I don't know. I won't like it. It's meat. No. Well, yeah, it's meat. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, like, people like, make it's, sweet it's meat. meat that they put on a rotisserie thing and like, and then they shave it with like a. It's it's meat. Like, well, no people and, but, like jasmine. I think it's jasmine rice. The grass sounds sweet. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, it's it's really good. I don't know if you like if you don't like Middle Eastern food, then I don't know what to tell you. That's your that's a that's a you problem. Well, no, like, it is a you problem. <laughs> like there's like sweet and sour chicken uh, or Sichuan or orange Sichuan uh, that people like really love, but or uh, barbecue. Like, uh, if the barbecue sauce is too sweet or the sauce is too sweet on the wheat, I just won't enjoy it. I don't like sweet and savory mixing together. Fair, but there's no sweet in shawarma. It's just delicious. Okay. I had, I'm imagining, like, uh, meat and, like, cabbage and, like, a pita bread uh, slice. Kind of, yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's accurate? Oh. <laughs>
Okay. With some hummus. That was good. Let's just talk about food. That was good. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, I, I have a suggestion for next year for Canadian Nationals. I would like for one of the major ISPs to not go down as I'm driving into town. Uh, yep, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we. Yeah, I, I was up at five in the morning, and then and it was like, oh well. <laughs> yeah, I've said this elsewhere. For anyone that was kind of wondering why there was no stream, uh, there was no internet, so that's a big reason why there was no stream. <laughs> Even yeah, to be able to imagine. update properly, like the the internet in the building was ter you, like terrible reception to even try. Yeah, I don't know how to explain to you that one of our major ISPs went down. It's it's pretty simple. If Verizon went down for the whole country, that'll be a problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think that's the only reason why I was still able to upload stuff is because I was an American on Verizon. I got I don't know. I was still able to use a little bit. Sorry, I was trying, but, to, I was yeah. trying to sneeze. <laughs> it won't come out. It's, it's, that's I was going to fill the air. It don't matter. Uh, but uh, I had a similar experience when I had my uh, unofficial world last year. Around round two or round three, the the wind went down. Uh, so that was the first time me actually using the wind for my tournament. So, of course, it happened to be the, the biggest tournament of the year for me uh, that I was hosting. So... It's uh, it's always great uh, when technology just doesn't work and you know, you're almost completely reliant on it. Yeah, I would like to remind anyone listening, as far as the wind goes, that WizKids does not use the wind to run their events. So, if possible, you should never use the wind to run your events. Uh, I, 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 thankfully, as a backup for my tournaments, I always make a spreadsheet. Uh, and that's what we use for the, the rest of the tournament. And thankfully, with everybody's patience and understanding, we're able to uh, get things taken care of pretty quickly with uh, the other judges to help me out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was just, I felt like a conspiracy. <laughs> conspiracy victim. Uh, uh, that's, uh, it was probably a conspiracy for the Canadian Nationals. Uh, uh, some American. I uh, didn't like you guys getting your con exclusives early, so they shut down your Verizon for the whole country. Well, nobody's talking about the real conspiracy of Canadian Nationals. Yes. Clearly, they wanted Thanos to win, which is why they delayed the watch list around it, right? Clearly. Obviously. Yeah, that's that was an interesting choice. Pay attention, put the pieces together, and you'll find that... Hashtag uh, inner circle. The sinister uh, motives are always there. You just have to know where to look. Oh, I actually love. I, I love that nobody is upset that Thanos won. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think I've seen a single person complain. I, I, I saw some underhanded comments. Uh, although uh -huh, I've been trying uh -huh. to stay disconnected from the internet the last couple of weeks, but I saw some shady comments. I think. What do you what, what would you like to be more specific? Because I don't know what you're talking. About. Uh, it, it was like a week or two. Uh, it was a while back, but uh, someone said, "Of course, Thanos won." I thought it was wrong. Uh, uh, pretty about a, uh, something like that. Uh, like uh, as uh, that's just uh, something that you said uh, about uh, uh, that uh, you put the figures together, but Emily uh, piloted the team. She. Thanos is good. Thanos is great. Uh, but you still have to pilot the team. 
And the fact that she had to play Devin and Tom in top four of the finals, uh-huh. I mean, and one. Uh-huh. <laughs> not like uh, not, Thanos can lose. It's, it's, not, it's not step one, somebody to hand you a team, step two, win. There's the weeks of practice in the middle yeah. and the weeks of thinking about all your matchups and, and positioning and talking about things and spending hours and hours, uh, an on hour. The, like on the qualifier day when, when, so I was thankfully, I, I had a qualification seat cause I had won a 2019 WKO. So they were honoring those seats that weren't used. So I wasn't worried about qualifying cause I knew I was already going to get to play, but I wanted to play in the constructed qualifiers so that I could get more practice to get a better feel of what was actually being played that weekend, seeing what stuff does. So the fact that I went one and two in that qualifier to learn what, how was going to beat me really helped me into the next day. Like, like it, it deflated me a little bit and it made me second guess myself a little bit and like, okay, I hope tomorrow goes better than this. And I literally ended up with Adam Friedman for two hours from like midnight till two in the morning uh, <laughs> discussing what I could have done better. I'm like, sorry. It was... You have to talk to Adam for two hours. I told you that I wanted you to lose at least one game on Saturday. But it, it made it and, it and it cemented in my head the way that I needed to play for the actual event because I had kind of put myself out and didn't protect as much just to see what other stuff was yes. going to do. I see that all the time with players uh, trying to find us out for the first time. Myself included. I'm like, I'll just throw them out there and then just lose the next turn. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's very against my play style to stay back and protect and wait for perfect moments. Like, I'm, I'm very much an alpha strike, constantly wanting to be doing something and and but going one and two in the qualifier really cemented for me that I needed to hang back and protect and go slower and the way it needed to be played. So it was really a really really good learning experience for me. And I think for me one of the only things I maybe would have wanted to change was to actually play in the second qualifier. But nobody else needed to qualify because everybody had qualified by the third qualifier. So. It didn't need to fire, but I, I personally would have liked to play it for more practice. <laughs> wow. So what did y'all do for the so, third qualifier instead? Or did you even have one? Played some Battle Royals and went out for dinner. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I think it was Joe who said earlier that you learn better from our losses. And, uh, it helps so much more than just to win. Uh, a lot of ways more than one. Definitely. The problem is that if you have an ego and you think that if you don't win, something's wrong. Like, I mean, you said before, like at a HeroClix tournament, there's only going to be one winner. That doesn't mean that you're like that you lost. I mean, you know, you. Well, that's a. There's just there's no shame in losing. Is my main point. Oh, for sure. And my excitement of of just even getting to top eight was like. Oh my gosh, my best record at a Canadian Nats is top eight, and I've just tied it. Anything I do from here is better. And, and before and after, like, my matches with both Devin and Tom, like, we gave each other hugs, and it was like, let's sit down, let's just see what happens. I'm okay with whatever the outcome happens to be. And 
really good games against really 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 good players uh speaking of tom I, I don't think Tom would have been any happier if he won, to be honest. So, oh, he he had look of love in his eyes when he like just yeah he was he was as excited for me as I was. Yeah, which means that he should have been he that he should have just conceded to you if he didn't care about winning, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom, uh, I played against him in the twenty eighteen uh, Philadelphia Worlds, and. You know, uh, I lost uh, horribly against Tom, and he made me feel really good about that loss uh, because it was it was a statistically improbable the way that they, the way that that game had gone. Uh, you know, uh, Tom is a, a very special guy, and I'm very happy got to play him and got to play him in the finals. Uh, and so I, I know that. Uh, you guys have a better relationship. And I, I just know that he was filled with uh, a lot of joy, like I was when I heard that you uh, got to be Queen of the North. I still prefer Smiley Ass Killer that Nancy called me. <laughs> uh, but, Jay, yeah. uh, if, uh, are you still looking for that, uh, that rock map? No, oh, I, I got one Dang. from uh, John Morley. Uh, I was going to see if. Uh, you could trade me uh, Tom's yellow uh, flannel shirt uh, for that. It's not flannel. I think it's cotton. But <laughs> I think it's disintegrated into dust by now. I don't like. You put it on like one last like every time. It feels like the last time. Uh, just uh, whenever I see pictures out again, I, he had to hold up top eight because he had to run down the car to get. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's an iconic look. It's like Adam's Road. Uh, uh, I I'll say this: uh, uh, Tom was the first opponent I played who was not literally my like like my one friend who introduced me to the game, and I wouldn't have things any other way. He kicked my ass with the original Mistress Death, the really bad one. Oh god! <laughs> anybody remembers that figure? The the six move figure that can't be four four movement. Can't be killed, can't be decayed, can't be anything. Uh, he beat my ass with that figure, and I still have a losing record against him probably to this day. Well, ten years ago. I'll uh, I'm fucking flies. I'll wrap up the show right here. It's uh, getting pretty late for some of y'all, sure. Uh, so thanks everybody for coming on. Thanks Emily for uh, attending Jay and Joe, and y'all should check out Emily's blog, uh, Emily. With Emily.ca, you should check out uh, Jay's uh, podcast, Jay Say Clicks. Uh, there's a lot of good content, uh, a lot of good information. If you're trying to uh, get inside players' heads on team building or playing the game, you know, uh, Joe Pangrazio for Clicks Nexus. Uh, he, if you want uh, accurate and the latest information, that is the website to go to. Thanks, uh, everybody, for attending, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And I forgot to plug my own stuff uh, <laughs> at the beginning, uh, but if you can, please uh, like, follow, subscribe to whatever you're listening to uh, for the show, like on Facebook, like on YouTube, follow on Twitch, follow on all the stuff. 
uh, it really helps uh, in a lot of ways, not just to make me feel good, but uh, to help others be able to see the content, to see that it's available. Uh, you know, if you uh, really like what I do for the community, uh, with uh, the, the tournaments and you know, for making the, the images, which I uh, steal a lot of them from uh, Clicks Nexus, by the way. Uh, please uh, subscribe to my Patreon uh, if you'd like to. Uh, for five dollars a month, you can listen to the podcast live. And you can uh, just uh, show your thanks with money. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks everybody. Have a good night. Do cool. Jay Solomon is a loser.